The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, my name is Presley Meyer, your host with the most, and boy, do we have a doozy tonight. How appropriate is this weather tonight as I make my mile walk back to the car and the wind and the wet, the muck, flashes of lightning dancing across the sky as we walk into the darkness that is Louisville sports fandom. What do you say about tonight? DePaul Day is no more. What what does one say to a game where Louisville loses to DePaul, a team which uh, we once thought it was not even feasible, even a thinkable thought to have that Louisville would ever lose to DePaul again? Uh, The Cardinals dropped two consecutive games, 2003 and 2004, but consistently have just absolutely destroyed DePaul over the years. Nine-year layoff, and then DePaul comes into the KFC Yum Center tonight and defeats the Louisville Cardinals 62-55 to in a game where uh, you saw a little bit of everything and not much of it was that good, to be totally honest with you. Uh, David Jones for DePaul, I mean, give credit where it's due. You had Devon, Devon Freedom America, mother-loving Freedom Liberty, Devon Liberty for DePaul. Um, one of the most efficient scorers in the country led to Paul coming in in points, rebounds, assists, steals. Um, one of the better players uh, in, in the Big East and, and probably one of the more talented players that Lowell's going to see all year. If you would have told me that he was going to go 2 for 15 from the field, 0 for 5 from three-point range, 2 assists, 2 turnovers, I would have said that Lowell would have walked away easily in this game and that is not what happened at all uh, jones definitely stepped it up for depaul 33 points 14 rebounds uh, five on the offensive boards and we'll get to that just a little in just a little bit um, before we get in into this too deeply get down to the nitty-gritty again you're listening to the start of starting 502 podcast my name is presley meyer nick connor 
off for the night entertaining his wonderful lady um, as he often does on Friday nights. It's it's a tough scene, but you got to give credit where it's due. Malik Williams, a career high, 22 points, 10 for 15 from the field, 2 for 5 from three-point range, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. Malik Williams is all over the place tonight, and for as much credit as he has lacked uh, to start the season, I, I think that uh, Nick and I have been pretty hard on Williams. And not in a sense that, that we think that he's performing badly, more in a sense that we just felt like he was not capable of being the player that we'd seen him be in the past. Uh, tonight, very different story. Uh, very much all over the place, all over the glass. Malik Williams kind of sparked that run at the end of the first half. Uh, really, I had zero worries uh, after Louisville went on a 12-0 run to end the first half in the final two minutes. I really felt like Louisville played really well in the first half outside of just not being able to knock down a shot. They were getting open looks. They were running decent offense uh, at, at times. I think that uh, like we'd seen in, in some of the home games uh, previously, for whatever reason in, in, in the home games, it feels like Louisville is just a little bit too much in their comfort zone. Uh, maybe that's me overthinking things a little bit, but it just feels like when they went on the road, they were really locked into their offensive sets. Simply just was not the case at times. Tonight really felt like Louisville uh, was playing not to lose rather than to win, with the exception of that run to end the first half. Uh, but again, credit to Malik Williams. Love the spark that he brought. The two fast break plays that he had back to back were absolutely ridiculous. A uh, six foot 11, 250 pound man should not be able to do that. I believe it was uh, Dre Davis kind of gave him an outlet pass on the second one, and he caught it like, I don't know, Amari Huggin, Huggins Bruce going across the middle. Euro step, classy finish at the bucket. Look, you cannot, there's, I don't have a negative thing to say about Malik Williams tonight. And the other player that I really um, am just smitten with, I feel like Matt Cross puts his body on the line uh, for the University of Louisville. Every time that he goes out there um, with that with that Louisville across his chest, I feel like he embodies what this fan base wants to see out of a Louisville player. Uh, the passion, the heart, the intensity, the hustle. Uh, I, I want 10 more years with Matt Cross, and he's only played in, what, eight, nine games so far this season. Matt Cross is what every Louisville player needs to look to bring to the table. Even at the end of the game when the rest of the team had kind of uh, kind of turned it over to DePaul and let them kind of run out the clock, Cross is face guarding. An obvious, towards the end of the game, an obvious play that was going to go out of bounds off Louisville. He's hustling and fighting for every single loose ball. Like he, I, I'm extremely impressed with what he brings to the table. And it frustrates the hell out of me uh, that this team does not look to get, get him the ball. Uh, we'll get into Jared West just a little bit here in a second, but uh, there were multiple opportunities where I felt like West would got into the lane and and he did not make the the right pass. He didn't make the right decision. Um, same with Samuel Williamson. Again, Samuel Williamson, sort of a no show tonight. Uh, sort of dis- disappointing, except for on the boards. Per usual, uh, Samuel Williamson always going to have the right attitude. Always going to have excellent hustle. Um, always going to bring a consistency as far as his attitude and effort to the game. And he's always going to be just an absolute menace on the boards. Um, but the decision-making is, it's frustrating. It's, it's tough to watch. First half, again, I was impressed with their performance in the first half. I know Louisville only comes out leading by three after being down by nine in the first half, uh, but they had a seven-minute and 12-second scoring drought. They missed 13 consecutive field goals. 
it was a tough scene out there in the first half as far as just their shooting woes. But, but the second half was just, it was a different story in a sense that it wasn't just that they weren't knocking down shots. It is that people were forcing things. I feel like, like certain players on this team need to be able to learn their identity within, especially within the offense. Um, I think the defensive identity is well known. I mean, you had a team score 62 and one of their, not, not their star player, but, but another really solid player on the team scored 33 of those 62 points. Pretty unusual. Uh, that guy was totally in his bag tonight. And if it weren't for that performance, we would see Louisville shoot 31% from the field, 21% from three, and probably walk away with the victory. Now, there, there are certain players that just have to find their identity in this offense. Uh, Noah Locke obviously stands out as one to me. Noah Locke, again tonight, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn until towards the end of the game uh, when he was called upon to hit another tough contested three. Maybe we should just need to have Noah Locke just running off, just curling off of screens um, all over the place. I mean, because it seems like that's where he's the most valuable for this team. Uh, but Noah Locke coming in to Louisville, uh, less than an assist per game, like right at one to two rebounds per game at Florida. He was assisted on more three-point shots than Ryan McMahon was in, in his career, if you believe that. Only 9% of his made baskets at Florida came off of him creating that shot. Uh, so essentially, Noah Locke is trying to be a player that he has never been at the college level. Maybe Louisville's expecting that for him, from him, but right now, uh, that's not what they're getting. You're getting a very erratic, a very rushed, a very forced Noah Locke. I don't like seeing that. We need we need to see better from him. And then obviously sticking out like a sore thumb once again is Jalen Withers. With Jalen Withers, I really truly I'm I have not given up hope on Withers. We saw the player that he's capable of being last season, uh, albeit in a sort of a different scenario, uh, playing at the center spot, splitting time um, with a couple other guys at the center spot. With that being said. Um, Jalen Withers is just, he's got to get out of his own head right now. It seems like he's the most athletic player on the floor. He has an excellent first step when he gets the ball in his hands at the top of the key and he begins to drive into the lane. feels like he has the talent to make plays, but the thought process is just not there. His mind is not moving as quickly as his, as his body or vice versa. Essentially, he's not able to execute with the ball in his hands on offense and that's frustrating to see. I like to see that he was at least trying to be a little bit more aggressive tonight. I know that that resulted in some ugly turnovers, but hey, at least Jalen Withers is trying to create off the bounds. At least he's trying to get into the lane a little bit more uh, and not, not essentially floating out outside the three-point arc. But again, Jalen Withers, another disappointing night, did not start tonight. Uh, I think that's probably a great move going forward because Matt Cross, as I've already waxed poetic about Matt Cross he brings way more to the table right now than Withers does. And until you see Withers starting to uh, progress a little bit more within his game on offense, I think that you he has to remain on the bench a lot more. I think that Louisville's a much better team without him right now. With that being said with Jalen Withers, it might be a case where, I mean, this is a guy that Louisville needs to rely on. And I think coming into the season, we all expected him um, to be either the best or the second best player on the team. <laughs> and he, I don't know if he's cracked the top seven best players on the team. And that's tough to see. And I think it might be a, a case where Louisville's just going to have to work through the growing pains with Withers. They're just going to have to say, look, I know fans are going to overreact about this, 
with everything that's been going on. Uh, I alluded to the the weather tonight uh, being very symbolic uh, of just the tough scene at the University of Louisville. Just the punches keep rolling in. We are without a president, without an athletic director. Uh, there's a football coach on staff that, that a lot of people have uh, some pretty strong opinions on. There's just a lot going on at this university right now. And then a team like DePaul, even though they're a top 100 type of team, a top 100 Ken Palm team. This is probably going to be a quad two loss come season end. Very well could be a, a team that that does extremely well in the Big East this season. I like what DePaul brings to the table. They have a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. Regardless, people look at the name on the front of their jersey and say DePaul, like that's a team that we used to wax all the time. And now they come into our place and leave with a W playing a style of play that, that probably was more conducive to a Louisville victory. Uh, DePaul is very much a run-and-gun style team. They are an excellent offensive rebounding team, and we saw that tonight. 14 offensive rebounds essentially in the last 25 minutes. They had zero offensive rebounds in the first 15. Really tough for, for Louisville fans to grasp and to swallow uh, after yet another just absolutely just tenuous week cross the Louisville campus and across the Louisville fan base. And I get it, man. Like, fans, you know, Louisville's down six with four minutes to go, and fans are bolting for the exits. Personally, that will never be me. I sat through every stupid Steve Crackthorpe game. I sat through every terrible Louisville basketball game where they got blown out by by 20, whether it be in the Freedom Hall, the KFC Yum Center. That's just not going to be who I am, but I didn't pay for your ticket, so... If you come and you're seeing a product that you don't appreciate, absolutely, it is within your right to leave. However, I'll say as well, that sucks the energy so much out of the building. When you're playing at home, when you're expecting to have that energy on your side, when that energy is not there for you, it's almost a detriment to you. And I'm not saying that, that that's an excuse for Louisville to lose tonight, but it's a tough scene when you're looking at the crowd with three minutes and 52 seconds left and half of the people were leaving when the game is still very much in doubt. Uh, Louisville was down three with like a minute and 15 seconds left, something like that. And fans were bolting for the exits. It's just a weird time to be a Louisville Cardinals fan. I will never waver in, in my feelings towards it. I'm not crazy upset about this loss tonight. I still see so much potential in this team. It's kind of a situation where I felt like they lost the, lost the battle, but they still have a long war to fight, and I believe that this team still has a lot of positives ahead of it. But no, getting a little bit into some of the sort of issues that I had with tonight. Again, the rotation. I don't understand what's going on with the rotation. It felt like against NC State, there was a little bit more clarity, a little bit. It seemed like there's a little bit more of a game plan with what to do. But again, what what is going on down low with the bigs? Outside of Malik Williams, there is essentially nothing there. Uh, the first player off the bench tonight was Roosevelt Wheeler, a guy who sometimes plays 10, 12 minutes, other times doesn't sniff a second. Uh, Sidney Curry saw like one minute, and then tonight, Gabe Wisnesser had been the first guy off the bench the last two to three games, doesn't even see any clock tonight. So I'm just a bit confused about what is going on. Again, J.J. Trainer, zero minutes tonight. Uh, it's it's as if J.J. Trainer all of a sudden is not even on this team. Just a bit confusing. I don't really know how the three-guard lineups are working. 
So essentially what's happening is is Louisville, when Samuel Williamson goes to the bench, uh, regardless of who's at the four spot, typically uh, they'll bring in Noah Locke off the bench to, to spare Sam. And then literally the next dead ball, uh, they'll bring in whatever other guard is not on the bench. So I don't understand the three-guard lineups because you don't provide them any chance to have any continuity, any consistency within the lineup. A bit confusing to me. Again, I don't make $4 million a year to make these decisions, but it's it's a bit confusing to me. The rotation just doesn't seem like like the coaching staff has any grasp on what they want to do. And until they can have that continuity and that congruency within the lineup, they're going to continue to struggle. It's like anything else in life. When there is no consistency, it makes it that much more difficult. And in high-level college basketball, I mean, like, yeah, they're playing DePaul tonight. DePaul, not a name-brand team, a team that Louisville fans expect to beat. Like, you're freaking Louisville. You have three national championships. I get it. But against a team like DePaul tonight... Very talented, athletic, long, will definitely be competing at a high level in the Big East. Not the DePaul of the mid-2000s by any stretch of the imagination. Not the DePaul that Shane Bahannon was sticking a kneecap into some guy's face in 2013. It's not that DePaul anymore. And when you're playing a team like that, you have to have some sort of consistency Uh, I felt that really cost Louisville against Michigan State. When Jared West came out of the game against Michigan State, the coaching staff decided to keep him on the bench for an extended period of time. And essentially, over the course of four to five minutes, Michigan State went on this massive run, and Louisville was in a hole that they just could simply not get out of. Speaking of Jared West, I'm a bit concerned about, again, I used this the last time I was solo potting, and I'll, I'll say it again. Who stirs the drink for this Louisville team? It seemed like West was in a bit of of a funk tonight, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that West is probably a 5'10", 5'11", not super quick athletic guard, and he's playing against two or three really, really solid, long athletic guards. You got a 6'5", and a 6'4", guard in, in, the opposing, in the opposing backcourt. That's tough. Michigan State posed problems. Uh, in a sense, Mississippi State posed some problems. That's going to be something that Louisville has to figure out. But who stirs the drink for this team? Noah Locke, again, like I said, has just been a mess. He is very much, he has been a role player his entire career, a really, really solid role player. Like I'm talking always the second or third best player on some pretty solid Florida teams with some really, really good guards on those teams. Always been reliable, consistent. I don't know if he's being asked to do too much or if he feels a sense of urgency to do too much. But it seems like he's forcing things a lot. Seems like he's trying way too hard on offense. And when when the offense runs through Noah Locke, turning the ball over, making an ill-advised pass, one pass and a contested shot, and you're done. I don't see what, and maybe it's just that he's just not gotten into up to the speed of the game. I I, I really don't know. That'd be a great question to ask Chris Mack probably. Um, but a lot of forcing things from Noah Locke. Uh, and finally, at the guard position, L. Ellis, again, brings a lot to the table. I'm not sure why we're not seeing more L right now. Again, with L. Ellis, who stirs the drink? Is it L. Ellis? Because I don't really think it is. I think that L. Ellis is much more of a two-guard, combo guard type of player than a point guard. It seems like Jared West uh, is very much that he's that guy on this team. But when Jared West isn't getting things going, this offense 
can be pretty stagnant. Mason Faulkner. We talked to Jeff Goodman in, in the offseason right before the season started. Seemed like Jeff Goodman was really, really high. Not seemed like. Jeff Goodman was very, very high on Mason Faulkner. He said, hands down, best player in practice. And Mason Faulkner ha- has had a very consistent, prolific career um, for Western Carolina. All reports were that when, when he went to Colorado, kind of pre-injury or pre-surgery, whatever put him out, that he was the best player on the floor. Reports out of practice were that that he is a guy that is going to have to be starting by season end. We have not seen that Mason Faulkner. We saw a confident Mason Faulkner in one game this season. I believe it was the Maryland game. Uh, it seemed like he was stepping into a lot of shots. It seemed like he was really um, playing within his game. But we really haven't seen the Mason Faulkner that that fans um, have been expecting. So when you look at Louisville's guards overall, uh, it seems like they're very much underperforming. And very much the issue is that Louisville has a lot of really solid shooters. They have a lot of really solid role players. But who stirs the drink for this team? Uh, who is the guy who's going to get things going? Who's the guy who's going to initiate the offense? Who's the guy that's going to demand to have the ball in his hands and get somebody in create and make plays for somebody else? It seems like that has to be Jared West and it has to be one other person. And like tonight when Jared West was off, you have to see more. I have to see more out of, out of these guards. And then going back to the rotation thing, have to see more from the bigs. On the wing, you're getting the same effort from, from Matt Cross. Uh, you're getting the same effort from Dre Davis. Zero complaints about those two. Dre Davis, again, an inconsistent shooter, but we knew that when we recruited him. We knew that coming into the season. Not his role at all. Uh, very much impressed with, with Cross and Dre Davis. Uh, but Samuel Williamson, again, when we talk about inconsistencies, I'm not. We, you have to see more from Samuel Williamson. Decent defender, uh, elite mid-range player, but it seems like teams have totally taken away the mid- mid-range shot from him. Uh, DePaul went a lot of zone at the end of the first half and a little bit in the second half tonight, and that seems like a perfect situation for Samuel Williamson. Samuel Williamson was not in the game. When he was in the game, he was not effective. And again, I talked about elite rebounder, uh, elite in the mid-range. This is the statistics back that up. Uh, but he is not consistent enough to be able to trust putting him on the floor right now, and that's tough. Finally, I thought I felt for the second time this season, Louisville was completely out-toughed and out-hustled in the second half. In the first half, again, very impressed with the way that the first half went, sans the, the issues knocking down shots. All the opportunities were very much there in the first half, it seems like Louisville's the better team in the first half. And DePaul just completely flipped that script in the second half. They took things over on the boards. They were knocking down open shots. They were getting the ball to the hot hand, and Louisville had no answer for that. You're going to have nights where you're off shooting, and that's why I'm not super concerned with the overall results tonight because, again, like I said, battle versus the war. Louisville sits at 6-3 and three on the season. I think that Nick Connor and I looked at the schedule prior to the season. We said six and three is very much in the picture. They got two solid, definitely unexpected victories against Mississippi State and Maryland. Those will be solid wins on the resume, regardless of the the situation going on at Maryland right now. You lost to Michigan State. That was expected. Uh, you dropped one to Furman. You dropped an unexpected one to DePaul. 
But last last week, picked up kind of an unexpected last-second victory against NC State. So, yes, you, you win some, you lose some. And that's kind of how you have to view this season for Louisville. Very much a team that's still trying to work into their comfort zone. Very much a coaching staff trying to come together and make things work uh, cohesively. Chris Mack, this is only his third game of the season. And as you know, I posted a video on the State of Louisville Twitter account, he was a very pissed off Chris Mack tonight. Very, very animated, very vocal, very angry. <laughs> I mean, as he should have been because the team was not, they were not clicking on all cylinders tonight. But again, I am not as concerned as the fan base will be tonight. And I think this is, again, every season you can look back on certain losses and say, you know, oh, wow, we were really freaking out after that game. That ultimately didn't end up being that bad of a loss. Or, you know, like stuff happens, but we ultimately ended up pulling out other games that were unexpected. Happens throughout every college basketball season. And for a team like Louisville, who is just probably the expectation is for them to be a tournament team aspiring to be a Sweet 16 type of team. For a team like that, you're going to drop games like this. And for a team in this sort of situation, just working the coach back into the into the mix of things, finally getting his input and trying to change things around and very much trying to figure out what the lineup is. You know, you have eight, eight new guys. You have a bunch of players trying to assimilate and work themselves into the lineup. Uh, we saw Malik Williams clearly wasn't himself uh, early on in the season because the last two games he's been extremely impressive. So there's just a lot and flux there's a lot of transition my my idea of of what should be expected going forward from my perspective my personal perspective i really feel like you know louisville has the pieces still to make this a pretty special season right now they just need to figure out who they are uh, there's certain players that need to figure out their identity and we have a, a needs a rotation that needs to be tightened up. It, but if you have just those, I don't know, two or three players that are, are able to find their identity, all of a sudden things start clicking a lot more quickly. It's going to wrap it up for tonight, starting 502 podcast. Hopefully next time we will be coming to you in a much less somber mood. Hopefully maybe we'll have an interim AD. Maybe we'll have an interim president. Uh, maybe we'll have a permanent Nick Connor back providing a positive viewpoint for you guys. Until then, though, Presley Meyer, starting 502 Podcast, signing off. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons to save on your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Kroger makes it easy to save while you shop, whether it's in-store or online, so you get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big on your next purchase. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details.